Hey guys, and welcome back to another For Generations to Come podcast, where this is episode three, where I am your host, Moesha Gray, and here we share experiences, wisdom, and love through Christ. So today's episode will be pretty personal, and as you can tell by the title, we are discussing my life after loss. Uh, one thing that I have noticed is that a lot of people have dealt with this, of course. Um, a lot of people have dealt with it in their own certain way as far as the pain goes, as far as um, the concern about it goes. Most people have dealt with it in ways that are unimaginable. But another thing that I have noticed is like I said, how people are dealing with the issue and I can share how I've dealt with the issue. So, um, I know I'm not the only one that has went through this issue. And the reason I wanted to do this podcast was to bring some light to the subject, um, to bring some value to the subject, of course, but to also share with people about, um, there can be a positive life after you lose someone. There could definitely be, um, joy after you lose someone. There can definitely be some peace after you lose someone and that that is just not the end. It is a horrific experience. Um, and it is definitely, definitely a battle. Uh, but there is definitely joy and peace after you lose someone. It really, really bothers my heart to see how a lot of people have dealt with the issue and how people still are dealing with the issue, um, especially years and years down the line. And till this day, I still see them struggling with the issue and I'm um, going through the process still. And it really bothers my heart. And although it took me a, it took me a while um, to get my healing process going and it took me a while to even heal through that situation I still want to share with you guys um how I was able to overcome the hurt the pain um the worry of it the anxiety the stress of it um I want to share with you guys the backstory of what happened what happened after the um after the backstory of it so we're just going to hop right into this and get going so a little bit of backstory or synopsis on my life before loss is, of course, if you do not know me, um, I lost my mom when I was 14 in 2011. And this is actually the month that I lost her, which is September. And I'm just really, really grateful that I can actually go into the month without having the feeling of about to lose myself when the day of her death comes around. Um, I have so much peace during this time. I have so much comfort during this time. And I really just want to enlighten you all on what really, really happened. So back in 2012, um, everything was good. Before my mom passed, I was just going into high school and I just felt like I was on top of the world because, I mean, when you're leaving from middle school and you feel like you're going to the big kid school, then you just feel like your life is just really perfect. And at the time, I'm going into high school. I can wear regular clothes because at the school I went to, you know, middle school, you wore uniforms. In high school, you wore regular clothes. Well, I get to wear these regular clothes. I get to dress up every day. And I was just really ecstatic. I was really excited about shopping, about new clothes, about the going to the big kid school. Like, this was just really an exciting time for me. And I can remember just everything feeling so perfect in my life. And I always say this when I tell this story, and a lot of people would probably look at me strange, but it's just so true. Before my mom passed, I can remember um, 
everything just seeming, everything just around me, it was just as if it was just perfect. You know, my sister was off in college at this time. My dad, I think he was at work and my mom was at home and I was there getting ready for school. And it was like just everything was just perfect. It was like Groundhog Day and it was a simple life, but it was perfect. You know, I saw my parents marry. I got my sister. I got my mom. Like, I don't, what else do I need right now? Like, I'm not paying a bill. (laughs) So I didn't have much to worry about. I didn't cook any meals or anything, but everything just seemed so calm and peaceful and perfect at the time. And I, I didn't at this time, 14 years old, um, I grew up in church. So that was wasn't the issue the fact that I didn't um, know God the issue was that I didn't have a relationship with God those are two different things so you can know someone but you don't have to um, have a relationship with someone so yeah so I knew him but didn't have a relationship with him and at this time my dad was a deacon and um, we were just going like we were just going to church and I was just going to church I didn't really know if God was real or not. Honestly, at this time, I didn't really even think too deep about it. I just went to church because um, in my house, you go to church and that's what I was told to do. I didn't really think too deep on the situation. So, of course, um, at the age 14, I wasn't really thinking about having a sincere relationship with God. Honestly, at the time, I wasn't even thinking about God. So although I could remember the feeling that I had, I didn't understand why I was having it. I didn't understand anything about it. And of course, I just avoided the whole situation together. So I can remember the night that my mom passed away. Um, It was around midnight, 12 through 4 a.m. And I can remember being asleep. And all I could hear is my grandma calling my name in my sleep and me trying to figure out what's going on. Well, before she called my name, I could remember my dad calling my mom's name over and over and over again. And in my head while I'm asleep, I'm like, please just answer her. Like, please just answer her. So, if you know, if you hear someone calling your name over and over and over again, eventually you answer, but it did not work like that. So I was still confused as to the fact of why she did not answer him. Um, so my grandma came and she woke me up and she told me what was going on and that my mom wasn't breathing and to get her some clothes because we were going to the hospital. So at this point, I'm just really not sure what's going on. I don't know how to um, process the situation of what's happening. And the reason I really didn't know how to process it was, it wasn't because I was young. I won't say that. Cause I, I think I was pretty wise. Um, but I think it was because I had never lost anything. Um, my, like I said, everything felt perfect in my world. You know, basically if I wanted something out of the store, I got something out of the store that I wanted. So everything in my life seemed perfect. I didn't have any worries. I went to school. I was a pretty smart kid. Um, my grades were always A's, little B's. So at this point, when, I, when I'm transitioning into losing someone, I didn't even know it was a transition because I had never lost anything. So for me, this was just really... Um, a state of shock as to do I process this or how do I process it or I don't even know what to do because first of all I'm 14 and my relationship with God is not where it should be to even talk to God or do God even wants to talk to me so I'm confused I'm standing in this floor and I can remember going into the room and looking and seeing my dad doing CPR 
on my mom and I still haven't processed what was really going on because in my head I'm thinking okay we're gonna go to the hospital we're gonna come back everything's gonna you know go back to normal we're gonna be perfect so I go back into my room and this was the first time that I have ever had a sincere it wasn't even a conversation but a sincere talk I guess with God Um, I can remember saying the exact words, God, please help her. And at this time, I didn't know what I meant. I didn't know what I meant. I just know I wanted to come home and everything goes back to normal. I didn't know um, the sincerity of that prayer. I just know that I prayed it because, hey, everyone prays to God, right? So I didn't know what I exactly meant at the moment I just knew that I wanted him to help her I didn't know that my life was about to completely I mean do an entire flip and change everything in my life all the plans that we had especially for college and this plan for me and that plan for my sister like all of that was it's like God just opened the door and pushed all of that out. <laughs> so all of our plans were gone. Like they were dead. So like they they didn't exist anymore at this point. So I'm sitting here just saying, God, please help her. I wasn't crying or anything because I still didn't process what was really, really, really about to happen in my life. And fast forward, we went to the hospital. Um, I can remember driving there and it was just so... It's like the the car was filled with um, sorrow. It was just so, so sad in the car driving. And I couldn't really be sad because in my head, I'm like, okay, my mom is going to come home and we're all going to be good. But it didn't work like that. Um, I went to, we went to the hospital and all her sister's brother's there, her mom is there. So all the family has gathered around, of course, and we're just waiting. And it didn't take long for the doctor to come back out and tell us that um, her heart had already stopped beating before she even got to the hospital. So, of course, we know what's coming after that. And they were like, we did all we could. Um, we can make the arrangements for you and all of that. And as soon as they dropped all the words, what really happened about the the whole entire fact that, okay, she's really gone. I can remember just my family members just crying around me and crying and I didn't know what to do. So I walked out and I just went to the bathroom. And at this point, I didn't know what had actually happened in my head. I'm like, I've never had a dream like this. I must be in a dream. So of course, no, I'm not in a dream. Um, fast forward just a little bit more. We made the funeral arrangements. Um, We went home. At this point, we were eating food that mostly everybody prepared for us. Um, And we were just going through the the shock of it. I think the first couple of days were really just the shock of it. The the couple of days before the funeral. Um, Because before then, we're thinking like, Oh, she's going to come home after work. And, you know, at this point, we didn't even really want to go back to the house because of how sad the house felt. Um, Just the loneliness of the feeling that was in the house. So in our heads, it's still surreal to us um, until we hit the funeral day. The funeral came and... For us, it went by pretty smooth. I think at the time of the funeral, we were still trying to understand it and process the issue. Uh, But 
in my head, I'm thinking, I I know we're hurting, you know, but imagine how my dad feels. Just imagine the pain that he's going through, that he just lost his wife, and now he has two daughters. Not a son, no no boys, but a man with two daughters. You know, only God and prayer literally brought us through the situation. Um, so yeah, so after the funeral, that's when we tried to resume life. Um, it was very difficult, very, very, very difficult. I don't think the whole, um, I don't think it hit me until about a couple of months later. I think that the first couple of months for me were just, I wouldn't say easy, definitely not easy, but I would say they were okay. Um, I, I don't think I tried to face the issue head on I think I just went with whatever but it really started to hit me a couple of months later and a couple of months later my dad got remarried now we're going to jump into the aftermath of life after loss so a couple of months later my dad did get remarried so my mom passed in 2011 he got remarried uh, I think the summertime was 2012 and that was the turning point for me. That was absolutely the turning point. I mean, that was like the downfall to to my healing. You know, it was really a downfall for me. I think most of the the um the rides and roller coasters that I got on during the process were definitely my choice, my doing. But I definitely know that, that was just that was just a downfall for me, um, heading towards my healing. So when he got remarried, um, my whole mindset had to change. And it was like, okay, this is real. Like, I don't have my mom anymore. Because when he wasn't married, it was like, okay, you know, maybe my mom's gonna come back or because at the time I did have these dreams about my mom being in the kitchen or coming back. So I'm thinking like, okay, she's gonna walk through the door and come from work. But when he got remarried, it had to register in my mind that this is real. I really lost my mom a couple of months ago and I don't know how to deal with it. And I think the first uh, step to addressing an issue and addressing pain, and I spoke about this on my Instagram, but I think the first step to addressing your issue and your hitting pain is to speak on it, to call it as what it is, to call it out, because that's when your healing process starts. And that is exactly when my healing process started. It was a bumpy road. It was a rough road, but it started with me registering in my mind and realizing and saying it that, oh, my mom is really gone. And now I have to know, I have to figure out how to deal with it. That's when everything started to click for me. So I don't really know when it started to actually hit to where I started acting like a spoiled brat and I didn't like to share my dad. I don't know if it was because I didn't want to lose him as a part of it or um, I was just really acting like a spoiled brat. So I don't really know when all of that started. Pretty sure it was um, around this time frame, but I would just things just started going for me. Like they just started getting really, really rough. Um, I got attitudes with everybody. I started backlashing at everybody. And it was really bad to the point where I thought that that was my right. Like I thought that because I lost someone, 
because God didn't, he didn't tell me about this, you know, um, he should at least warn me, you know, I thought my life was good. I thought everything was perfect. You know, I thought that since I, I'm experiencing this pain and, you know, I lost someone, I thought I had the right to treat other people bad. I thought I had the right to backlash, um, and to just be angry and bitter. Like it was horrible. And it was really, really strange because as, as, time progressed and I was still getting very very angry and bitter I think I dug myself in really really deep to the point where I didn't know how to get out of it I really started to accept the fact that I was just going to always be angry I was just going to always be bitter and I really want you to know that the enemy wants you to accept what you have Okay, God did not give you angry. He didn't give you bitterness. He didn't give you um, all of those things that you are experiencing. But the enemy wants you to think that that is you. When you look in the mirror and all you see is the hurt and the pain and the angry and bitterness and backlashing at people and the weariness, the enemy wants you to think that that's all you'll ever be. Like you, you have dug yourself so deep into that situation that you can't get back out of it. And that is not true. I got to the point where I thought that that was just who I was. And strangely, I was comfortable being that I was comfortable being angry and bitter because I felt like it was my right. But I knew deep down inside that I did not want to be angry or bitter. Being angry is so exhausting. Like it is so exhausting. And it was to the point where people didn't even want to talk to me. Uh, people didn't want to ask me anything. People didn't want to say anything to me because I started to like that though. And the only reason I started to like that because I started to isolate myself and I wanted to start isolating myself because I didn't want to backlash anybody. I didn't want to be angry anymore. So in order for me to not do that, I thought my way was just, okay, I'll isolate myself from people. And that was another way that the enemy tried to get me to think that I had to be alone and isolate myself. And this is where things got even deeper. It got so bad to the point where I did not want to hug anybody. I didn't like hugs. And I would go to church and people would try to hug me. And I would literally tell them, I don't like to hug. And it, I got in this mind frame um, that it was so deep that I was just like, okay, I'm angry. I'm bitter. I don't want to hug anybody because to me, a hug meant you were there for me. And I did not want that because I didn't want another person that I could be angry at, a backlash for something that really was not their fault. So... To me, again, a hug meant comfort. It meant peace. It meant joy. And I didn't have any of that. So it just continued to get deeper and deeper. And I really wish that I would have um, caught the situation when before it got so, so, so deep. But, hey, I didn't. So um, as time continued, I remember asking, asking someone a question. I remember asking them, what can you do when you're so when you hate someone so bad and it was horrible to where I was so filled with hate and I really don't think people can understand the issues and the pain that people really um have in them a lot of people want to stop hating they want to stop being angry they want to stop being bitter and I was there I wanted so bad to not feel that because I knew that it wasn't of God so I wanted to shift I wanted to change everything but I just wanted to know how because at this point I can't get up I can't get myself out of this situation because 
frankly, I'm not winning at trying to do it myself. So I'm thinking like, okay, I've tried it my way for a while. Now, this is not working. Um, I don't want to be like this anymore. I want to accept my stepmom. It was bad. I wasn't accepting um, her as an individual. And now I'm just so grateful for her. I love her so much for the prayers and all that. But I wasn't accepting her. I wasn't um, accepting the fact that she was there. And for me to continue to be angry and bitter and have hatred, um, for me, that was just a sign of not accepting the reality of the situation. And the reality was my mom is gone. My mom is not here anymore. And I have a stepmom now. That was the reality of the situation. And I didn't want to accept that. So on down the line, it took me about um, about two two years of process of hurt and pain, angry and bitterness. Um, it took a while and those were the most painful years ever. And those were, that was before I decided to actually surrender my life to Christ as well. I can remember for my birthday in February. Um, I don't remember what year it was, but 2015, it was 2015. My stepmom purchased me a Bible and it's crazy how the smallest things will mean so much to you later. But she bought me a Bible, and this was before I even gave my life to God. And I can remember just accepting it, of course. And, you know, you just take your Bible to church when you go to church or Bible study. You know, you take it with you. But to actually dig into the Bible and read the Bible and create a relationship with God, that's totally different. So I had that Bible for months. From February all the way until July. That's when I actually opened that Bible in July and actually surrendered my life to Christ. And I was so thankful for that Bible. Until this day, I still have that Bible. But I went, one day I was just in so much pain. So, so much pain. And I remember going into my room and closing the door and just crying my face out to God. Now, mind you, I don't know how to talk to God. I I don't think it's a proper way. (laughs) I didn't know how to pray. Um, I didn't know what to say. But all I knew was um, I just wanted the pain to go away. And I wasn't doing it correctly on my own. I wasn't succeeding on my own of course so I just wanted the pain to go away so I'm like okay when you want something new you have to try something new and at this point I was like I don't care what I have to give up I don't care what circle I don't care what music I don't care what thoughts I don't care how much I have to surrender I just need this pain to go away and you go to church and you listen to everything And you hear that God can heal and God can do this. But when you're actually put in that situation for God to transform your life, um, then it's a big, big difference and a huge experience to go through. So I cried on the floor and I can remember just saying to God, um, please help me. Like I I just need you right now. I surrender. Just help me. So ever since that day, July 4th, 2015, I completely surrendered my life to God and I gave up um, everything to where it came from. If I needed a new circle of friends, if I needed to stop drinking or smoking or anything that I needed to do um, to completely surrender my life and make my life pure to God, 
I did that because that was a very, very, very important to me that I don't go back into the same situation. It was rough. Things went so bad to the enemy. He tried to um, place thoughts in my head that I wasn't worth it and I'm worthless and I'm this and I'm that and I shouldn't even be living. Like when you have those thoughts so deep into your brain, then you, it got to the point where I felt like I had no choice but to surrender to God. Um, I know he was still holding me during this whole process, but to actually open my arms up and go to him um, was just a big, big, big difference for me. So after surrendering my life to God, I didn't know what to do next. Um, I didn't know uh, what I sh- should I be reading something? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And I think the issue is a lot of people think that you have to be perfect to uh, surrender to God and to serve God. But he know God is clearly aware that we're not perfect. We mess up every day. We slip and say the wrong thing. We slip and do the wrong thing. But we like he know he knows this. He is aware that we are imperfect people, but he just wants us to try. He just wants us to uh, strive every day to be Christ-like. It's not the fact of if we're going to mess up or not. Is are we going to let him lead our lives? Are we going to let him be the God for us? Are we going to let him set the pathway for our lives and um, provide everything that we desire and everything that we need? So I really wasn't thinking um, too far ahead. I just thought about, okay, what do I do next? But I wasn't thinking too deep as to far as far as, um, you know, everything. You know, people may think so, so deep about the situation of what I did last night or who I was with last night. And just the day before I was smoking, but I did not care. I did not care at all because, honey, I was tired. And when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, I think the old people say that, then you are going to find a way, a way that will literally help you out of things that won't cure, uh, cure the void anymore. Like I was doing things and it was like, this is not filling the void. Nothing was filling that void. And when you get Jesus and when you surrender to God, then that void just like, it's just like a peace. It's just like a wave of peace came over me when I surrendered, a wave of comfort, uh, joy, and peace. Like these things are added to our lives when we surrender to Christ. Um, When you come to Christ, when you surrender your life to Christ, God starts adding things to you. Um, Things that you didn't even see at first because you are in Christ and because you are and because you have a relationship and a foundation with God you start to see things differently your perspective has changed the way you hear things are changed and for me it was like now okay I lost my mom um I surrendered to God now my perspective is being shifted now it didn't happen overnight things did not happen overnight it was a process but everything just started to shift it to the way that I think about things how I react to things how I see things so now I'm not seeing this as a complete and total uh, destroyer of my life, the fact that I lost my mom. But I'm seeing it as how did this um, add to my life? How did this add value to my life? Um, What was God trying to say to me throughout this whole entire um, process, throughout this whole entire loss? Like, what is God trying to speak to me? What is he trying to reveal to me? And I know a lot of people think it's really, really cruel for us to think that oh God took this away from me so he can reveal this to me but I really think that 
when you are in a situation as deep as I was, even before my mom passed, I was still in a deep situation that when God wants to get your attention and if you have purpose and value over your life, then he starts to reveal things to you. And if he, if that means shifting your circle, then that's exactly what he's going to do. And of course it's uh, painful. And I thought like, okay, you can do another way. Like you can get my attention by something simple, but I think that God knows everything. Okay. He knows how this whole process is going to go. He knows um, how it's going to end he knew all of this before it even happened so the good part is um the good part is that he does know how things are going to end how things are going to go and how he desires them to go that is the really good part so i think that um after you really surrender and really know that god is god and he is the one who does everything who changes everything he is the name above our names okay um he gives us the authority and power that if i wanted to move a mountain in front of me i could move that mountain if we sit there and realize that oh, this is definitely a perfect god then we can have that mindset change we can have that perspective change and see that okay god this this is really painful for me i'm still dealing with this years later i'm really in pain right now that was a very painful time for me now what can that pain do for me now um how can i um add value in from that pain you know it still hurts i still might cry sometime but even through the process even through the time of me crying or even through the time of me thinking about it or thinking really deep into it um i can still trust you like i still know that your word is above everything like i still know that you are above everything and that you protected me this whole entire time you gave me peace you gave me joy and comfort um you saved me when i was almost on the edge so i'm gonna trust you through this journey okay i'm hurting right now but I know that you give me joy in the morning. I know you bring peace over my life. I know you are my comforter and my way maker. So when you do surrender, um, you are adding all those things into your life. So um, the Bible says that we are not to think like the world. We're not to be like the world. So when you do uh, surrender to Christ, you're not of this world. Um, that means your thinking, that means your body, that means everything. So when you are thinking like Christ, you do not think like the world because the world would think, oh, he shouldn't have did that and you'd be angry and bitter as if I was. But when you are a new creature in Christ, um, then you have that Christ-like perspective. You have that Christ-like mindset about, you know, Jesus is this, Jesus is that. He is everything to me. Um, he adds value to my life. He feels voice in my life. Um, then you start having that new mindset. But yeah, so I think that... Um, the way that I've experienced it was was totally the way that it was supposed to go, as well as the way that God meant for it to be. And um, when I look back on it now, I'm really, really grateful for it. Although it was a really tough time in my life, I can still look back on it now and see how much God has grown me, how much um, how much things have shifted in my life, and how much I'm really, really grateful for. So, of course, you still have the issues and the hurt. Um, and some days you may cry, but I still know that God is um, the head of my life and he's the one that gives me joy. He's the one that, you know, comforts me. So, yeah, I think that is. Here's just a few reference verses for you guys. I have Psalms 34, 18, John 16, 22, 
Isaiah 41 and 10, Songs 147 and 3, and one of my favorites, which is Colossians 2 and 5. And also just a little bit of homework for those who are listening. Uh, just write down a couple of things, about 10 things that God has done for you over um, over your life period. It doesn't have to be um, recent. It can be things that happened 10 years ago. That's still very relevant when you're dealing with when you're dealing with Christ and when you're dealing with Jesus. So things that may have happened two days ago or even uh, 10 years ago, that's just a reminder that he was with you in that situation. And he he's definitely still with you in this situation as well. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to share on your social medias. If you do share on Instagram, please tag us at underscore FGTC and share on Facebook. Facebook as well with your family and friends and also if you have not supported our podcast yet please click the support button so we can continue to make better content for you guys I thank you guys so much for listening once again and we will be with you guys next week